Okay, let us get into Pasha's Chukas, Tafshin Ayin Beis, live from Camp Kaley, first of uh, the summer Parshios that we have here from Chutz Laaretz. But um, let's get right into it with a thought that we have mentioned in the past in the Haggadah here a couple of years ago. But uh, it is Pasha's Chukas, and we start with the words of Rav Asher Weiss. Says the Medrash in the beginning of... Um, Actually, commenting on the pasuk in Tehillim Kufiyutes, Yilibi Samim B'chukecha Laman Loevosh says the pasuk. My heart says David Hamelach should be Tamim, should be complete in your ways, in your chukim. And the Medrash comments, What are your chukim? Chukos HaPesach v'Chukos HaPara. Chukos, the laws of Pesach and the laws of Para, Carbon Pesach and Para Aduma. Those are the chukim alluded to, and that the ones that David Melech had kavana for in this pasuk of Yehi Libi Samim B'chukecha. So question one is, what, is um, what does Tamim mean in this context? What do you mean my heart should be Tamim? What is it about Karben Pesach and Paraduma that makes it, uh, makes it Tamim? And number two, what's the connection between these two mitzvahs? Right? Two wonderful mitzvahs. This week's parasha starts off, Yes, it says the words by Kapara Duma, it says the word Chok, and by, by uh, Karben Pesach, it says, it's, it's forever. But, what exactly is the connection between them? I want to be Tamim. I want to make sure I have, I have purity of heart when it comes to these mitzvahs. What's the connection? Says the Minchas Asher, there is no connection between them. It's really just the opposite. They represent two opposite categories of mitzvos which we need the parallel for with each other venire shalomi shum hadimion shebahem eladafka mishum hashoni david amelach and the medrash is put, are putting them together is putting them together not because that they are similar to each other but they represent opposite hashkafis how we're supposed to view various categories of mitzvos kama rechokim chukos apesach mi chukos apara vekam shahon heim zemize what do they symbolize bechukos apesach mitzuvim anu lishol carbon pesach as a symbol of the seder as a symbol of the night of pesach it's all about questions and answers that's the whole night Everybody, every child, everybody's asking. Everything, question and answers, question and answers. That is what the night is about. You know, it's, a, it's a unique, one of, the, one of the differences between the unique mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim on the night of Pesach versus the mitzvah we have every single day and night of our lives of Zechiras Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. One of the differences is that Zechiras Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is just a statement. We say the third parsha of Kriyashma twice a day to fulfill that mitzvah. But when it comes to Sipur, Chazal enacted that it has to be in question and answer form. Everything's about questions. That's what Korban Pesach symbolizes. Paraduma, it's just the opposite. Paraduma, Sasum. Right? We, we don't ask questions. We know we're not, there are no answers. Ach v'chugos ha-para, af shlomo ha-melech asur lo l'shol. Even Shlomo HaMelech does not ask. As Chazal say, Biki Shlomo laid a time of Shapara. Shlomo wanted to know the time. Amar Amarti Echkamavi Rechokamimeni. No questions. David HaMelech says, 
I want to be Tamim in these areas. In the times of life that I'm supposed to ask questions, and in the times of life that I'm not supposed to ask questions, or at least not expect any answers. Sometimes, and in some areas, it's also to ask. And we cannot ask expecting an answer. And other times, we're obligated to ask, and we should ask, and asking gives us a deeper appreciation of what we are involved in. That's part A. Then he gets to part B. Are there rules? Are there regulations? When are you supposed to ask? When are you not supposed to ask? So he says, we learned that from Avram Avinu, something that many of the Mepharshim point out. As we know, Rashi quotes at the end of the Akedah, line 14. When Hashem finally tells Avram, right, don't, don't put your hand, don't continue your act of cutting. Hashem says, let me explain myself. Avram Avinu now asks, and Hashem answers. Hashem, please tell me. First, you told me to sacrifice my son. Then you told me not to sacrifice my son. I don't understand. A question that many Mepharshim ask. Why did Avram wait? Avram Avinu was told, Then he was told, Take your son up a Halei Right then, Avram should have said, uh, Hashem, didn't you, didn't we have a deal? Didn't you promise me? He didn't say a word. Only after Hashem says, Al tishlach yadcha el hanar, and the nisoyun is finished, only then does Avram ask the question. What does that teach me? Shas maisa, shalom b'shas maisa. As long as Avram was in the process, he was doing the act, then it's time to act. Maybe before you do the mitzvah, you could try to start appreciating it, but during the mitzvah, do the mitzvah. That's what's obligated, obligatory upon us. Once he's finished, there's only a mitzvah to do, now he could rationalize, he can analyze, he can contemplate, and he can think about it then, once everything is done. So maybe way before, he can analyze what the, uh, to appreciate what's going to happen, and afterwards. But during, obviously, not to do it with, without a brain, but to go through the mitzvahs without wondering the purposes of the, of the mitzvah. And this was even implanted in Avram's children, in the DNA of the Jewish people. Maybe this is the root of what allowed Kla Yisrael to make their famous proclamation at Maimar Sinai. Line 24, thousand angels came down. Different crowns. We each got a, two crowns. Nasa v'nishma v'tamua. Ask the minchas asher. Falo haksarim nitnu b'shas shehigdimu lo b'shas sheamru harayakdama hisarak achas falama kibu shnei ksarim. I don't understand. Ask Rav Asher Weiss. Why were there two crowns? The Gavos was saying Nasa first. So give a crown for Nasa. What do you need a crown for Nishma for? That's a question that not many mafreshim ask. What do you need two crowns for? We well, see Nasa and Nishma. They didn't say that at the same time. The Gavus was Nasa and Nishma. What's the, what's the emphasis of Nishma? Nishma, okay. We'll learn. What's the emphasis of 
Hikdimu and there are two crowns, says the Russian wise is our point. Because Nas said they went through the motions. The proper motions like Avram Avinu. They committed to going through the motions. There are two important points. Nase Shalifne Nishma. Nase is Chukasapara. You just do it. You go through it. Asiya Lolo Sheilava Havana. Nishma. That's later. That's after. Nasevin Nishma. Nishma is afterwards. That's Chukos HaPesach. Let's try to appreciate what I did. Let's try to internalize the message that Hashem wanted to give me through this act. And again, it can be done beforehand also. But sometimes you don't know. When it's at Sibri of HaKadosh Baruch, you don't know what's coming. You just got to do the act and then analyze and think about it. So we have Chukos HaPesach and Chukos HaPara and David HaMelech as we do. We David to Hashem. Yehi Libi Samim B'Chukecha Laman lo evosh, Hashem, please help me make the right decisions and do the mitzvahs in the proper way so that I'm not embarrassed. I don't ask questions when I'm not supposed to ask questions. I don't not ask questions when I'm supposed to ask questions. Okay. Moving right along to another major theme of the, same theme, but a, another uh, way of looking at at the discussion of Paraduma. The Ber Yosef. It's been a couple of weeks since we have had a Rabbi Yosef Misalan, so it's just the right time to get into his words. Yishlis Bonim Bazet says the Ber Yosef in source number two. A number of questions related to our whole discussion of Para Aduma. Dim Matam If it's true, as we have the Misora, that we are not supposed to ask the questions about these mitzvahs, which again we've spoken in the past years about. It's the ultimate chok, even though Rashi does say there's symbolism, it's connected to the Egel, the Chulu. There are messages that we can learn. But ultimately, the root, this is singled out by Shlomo HaMelech. So ask the Ber Yosef, if it's true that we're not supposed to ask, because there is no reason. Hashem wants it to remain by us as a law without a reason. Aval, kivan batam, but ultimately, the language of Chazal is that we can't know the reason. Not that there is no reason, but we can't know it. Moshe Rabbeinu, Gil HaKadosh Baruch Hu Tama, Moshe might have known it, Shlomo did not know it. But Moshe was up for a long time. V'gam lasid lavu, Yigal lanos time, and we will know in the future what the reason is. Im kein, lama zehel HaKadosh Baruch Hu Tama, mikal adam. Why did Hashem single out this mitzvah to hide its reason? As Chazal say, there is a reason, but we're just not allowed to know it. Why not? What's wrong with knowing the reasons for the mitzvahs? Why was it so dangerous? Why? As the Medrash says, that Shlomo tried to figure it out and he couldn't. Further, next column in the middle will be Yoser. To be Mishnah Torah, no as we read in Dvarim, it says, Re'elimati Eschem Chukim Ishpatim, Kasher Sivani Hashem Elokai Lasos came Bekerva Aretz V'chulu. And Chazal Darshin, or even before we get there, the Pesukim continue, V'yamru, the nations, will say to us, Rak Am Chacham V'navon Agoy Gadol Azeh, What an amazing nation, Mi Goy Gadol, and we will be praised, La'asilavo, by the other by the other nations. But Rashi there points out, in Dvarim, on the next page, in Perak Dalad, Rashi says, Chukim Mishpatim, he quotes the Rashi, What are Chukim Mishpatim? Tzadikim, Hagunim Mukubalim. 
when there are logical mitzvot, when there are things that can be understood and we perform our obligations, we fulfill our obligations, then the nations of the world, says the Torah, will say, wow, what a great nation. What an amazing Orlagoyim. The Imkain, if, if, if that's true, that reasons and logic and sichlios help us be a light unto the nations, that just makes the question even stronger. So why chukim? Why do we need a chok? It's just going to make us be made fun of by the other nations. So number one, if there's a reason, why can't we know it? Number two, it makes us worse in the world to perform our, our tachlis of our nation to be in our lagayim. Because they're going to pick on this, as we know, Chazal tell us, and make fun of us with it. V'yim line If Hashem had told us the reason for this, as He told Moshe, and as will be revealed, then the other nations wouldn't be mona against us and wouldn't make fun of us and they would they would will be more favorable in their will be favorable in their eyes. We should know the reason. If they say what's with Paraduva, let me explain it to you. And we should give the reason. And we will be the wise ones in their eyes. But what do we say? No, God tells us. Yeah, well, that's that's gonna that's gonna make Judaism palatable to them. So isn't this against the purpose of what Hashem wants? So asks the Bear Yosef, doesn't it make it worse? Shouldn't we know the answer? Says the Bear Yosef, there's a message here. Again, it's said by others. But says the Bar Yosef, Hashem picked one mitzvah, a unique mitzvah. But he needed at least one mitzvah to be symbolic of a certain message. And that message is Dehu, line twenty-three. To teach us the message that divine not wisdom is beyond human comprehension. And there will always, and there must be, areas of Torah and areas of life that we can't understand. And there will be a brick wall sometimes. And we'll just have to say, okay, I don't know why, it's beyond me. To give the person the kinyan. When something happens in life that we don't understand, that we don't like, that is tragic, that is difficult, that is painful, if we understood every single mitzvah, then we would say, well, why don't I understand this? And we would try to understand it. And if we didn't understand it, maybe we'll throw everything away and we would say, less din, less dayan. And there's no ruler in the world and there's no seder to the universe if we understood every mitzvah. So Hashem has to take one and say, this one is mine. There is a reason, but it's not for you. Say that there is no reason. And this is a message that we need and this is a message that maybe even the almost Ha'olam can understand. So we don't start questioning God. I can't understand it, so it can't be. And we won't throw it all away because of the 
why do the righteous suffer question? Ukidei, says the Ber Yosef, that's the message of Para Aduma. Not everything in life is for you to understand. God says, I created the world, I am the Bore, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of difficult situations in life. Who doesn't know a family Bitsaris? Who doesn't know somebody? But that is, that is what Akarish Baruch was teaching me. We can't understand everything, and we're not meant to understand everything. We can't understand God's ways. That we can't understand which element is not understandable in Paraduma. So the different sheetas and the Rishonim, it makes those who touch it tamay, those who are sprinkled with its ashes, are become tahar, the most popular uh, opinion in the in the Rishonim. Says the Bar Yosef, this is what is this is what is needed for us to understand. And he even says, maybe this is shot of a Gemara. You look at the bottom of the next column, line 40. Amazing Gemara. When Moshe Meirbeinu went up to our Sinai, Hashem was tying the crowns to the letters, the tagin, as we know in the Torah, various letters have various crowns on it. So Hashem Kaviyachal was tying the crowns onto the letters. Was there a cloth in Shemayim? God does it right. There's nothing physical. Obviously, it's just L'Shaber uh, Ozen to make us make it understandable for us. Hashem said, Moshe Barinu says to Hashem, who's forcing you to do this? Such tedious work, God. You know, why are you forced to do this? Oh my low, says Hashem to Moshe Rabbeinu. Adam Echad Yesh Sha'asidlios Bisov Kamadoros. There's gonna be a man. There's gonna be a great person in a number of generations. Viakiva ben Yosef Shmo, his name is Rabbi Akiva. Sha'asid Lidrosh Alkal Kotz Vikotz Tilin Tilin Shahawachos. He, he who didn't know Allah face till he was forty. He will take every one of these crowns. You see how valuable? You don't think they're so valuable? You think it's tedious? Every one of these crowns is going to be darshan, mountain and mountains of halachos. Amr Lafanov, such an amazing person. Rabboni Shalom Har Eyuli. Show me, show me, can I see who it is? Can I look into your crystal ball? Sounds like an amazing person. Amr Lechazor Lacharecha. Hashem says, back up. What does back up mean? Halach v'yashah b'sov shmo n'ashuros. Moshe said in the back of the class of Rabbi Akiva. He was zapped in into the future and he was sitting in the back of Rabbi Akiva's shir. And he had no idea what they were talking about. He was talking in Torah. He understood a couple of words here and there but Moshe Minu was lost in Rabbi Akiva's shir. Tashash kocho. And Moshe Rabbeinu became weak. Kivan echad. He was upset. He was misyayish. Finally, somebody asked him. There was a difficult uh, topic. Amrlo Talmidav, Rebbe Minayin Lecha. Rebbe Kiva says something, and the Talmidim say, "How do you know that?" Amrlo Hen Halacha LeMoshe MiSinai. Goes back to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe hears that. Oh, this Yashvadaito. He was like, he was, he was calm down. He's like, okay, I realize it's all the same source. Chazar Baruch Hu. 
So that's part one of the Gemara. Moshe comes back to Hashem and says, What an amazing person. Why am I giving the Torah then? Let him give the Torah. No. My decision. My decision, Moshe. You don't understand everything. Two more lines of the Gemara. You showed me his Torah. Show me. Let me see his schar. Let me see his reward. It must be unbelievable. He must live till 120 plus and he must get a great Levaya. Amar lo, Hashem says, okay, go back. Chazor la'acharecha, chazor la'acharav, ra'ash eshoklim b'sarao kemakolin. Moshe Rabbeinu saw the Gemara at the end of Brachas. Rechman al-Etzlan, he saw the Asara Ruge Malchus, he saw the skin of Rabbi Akiva being scraped. Amar lo'fan of Rebona Shalolam. Zutara v'zuschara. We have a kina. And we have a piyot on, on Yom Kippur based on this. Hashem, what's going on here? Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Rabbi Akiva, Amar Lei, same words. Shtok. Kach Allah b'machshava l'fanai. Same answer in both parts of the Gemara. Why Moshe is told, Rabbi Akiva is not giving the Torah, you're giving the Torah. And why he's told, don't ask me any questions about the demise of Rabbi Akiva. Says the Ber Yosef Yitachin Levayer, this is exactly my point. There was a question in Shear, and Rabbi Akiva said, What's the answer? Why was he appeased at that moment? Why? Because Moshe realized he can't understand everything. Moshe Rabbeinu was in the Shir. He didn't understand, but he hears Allah Moshe Bissina. What's the message of that? That's like Zeras HaKasav. That's like, there's a limit. There's a limit to our understanding. Says the Ber Yosef. It's the same answer both times. It's the same answer why Moshe is told, you give the Torah, don't try to figure it out. Same answer. Tzadik Viralo, Rasha Vatovlo. It's all about limitations to our, to our understanding. And the Ber Yosef just ends off by saying, maybe this is even connected to a minhag that is quoted by the Magan Avram. The bottom left of the page, the Magan Avram quotes the minhag in Simon Tafkov Pei that there is a custom. This was a more popular custom before World War II. But the Magan Avram quotes that there is a custom of fasting every Friday of Parshas Chukas. It's in the Shibali Haleket. Why? Friday Parshas Chukas. This is one of the only times, days. Only one of the only days or occurrences on the Jewish calendar that goes by the day of the week. Besides, obviously, Shabbos. But besides Shabbos, what other day goes by the day of the week? Right? Every other holiday goes by the day of the month. Every other fast day, unless it's a nidche, goes by the day of the month. Once in a while, you have something that goes by the day of the week. One of them is Shabbos Agadol, where there are many problems. Why does it go by Shabbos and it doesn't go by uh, the tenth of of Nisan, which is when it took place, according to the uh, the great nates that took place. But anyway, this is another one, a very late minhag fasting. Why? So the Shibali Aleka quotes from Rabbeinu Yonah and from earlier Rishonim that this day in 1244 was the day that the 24 cartloads of handwritten gemaras were burnt. Right, we have a whole kina shalis rufa ba'esh. We say on Tishabav, written by the Marami Rotenberg, that mourned. 
that more in the Torah that was lost. Just imagine an entire sefer written by hand, how long that would take. And this wasn't one sefer. This wasn't even a whole shas. This was 24 truckloads of svarim. The unbelievable tragedy that took place. So that happened... Friday of Parshas Chukas, Rabbeinu Yonah said it was a punishment, an onesh for the hundred years earlier when the Rambam Svarim were burned. Okay, but either way, it was, this is a tragedy that occurred. Says the, she, says the Ber Yosef, maybe it's no coincidence that that tragedy, and the one time we fast on an Erev Shabbos, is Erev Shabbos Parshas Chukas, because those Chukas HaTorah. This is beyond our comprehension why certain things happen. We could try to conjecture, we could try to give uh, ideas how to make it better for us, but ultimately, ultimately there is, there's a limit to what we can understand. Rav Salvechik says the same idea in, in uh, just in a different way. In source number six, turning over the page, Rav Salvechik says, not only are there tekus in the Gemara, but there are tekus in life as well. And when we have a teku in the Gemara, we have to realize, you know, not everything is understandable. That doesn't paralyze us, but it just is meant to tell us we have to move on, even though we have a tzarachin. Said the Rav in Divrei Hashkaf in one of his articles, where it's underlined: Im Yehudi If halachic discussions end in teku, there's no answer given. So why is this here? Yeda ki gam sugius deyos emuna elokus v'hashkafa. Sometimes questions about life end in teku, and we have to wait for Mashiach to come to answer those too. Tishbiyataritz, our kushios and our abayos. We don't know the answer. If Ravina and Ravashi thought teku was good enough for certain topics. So we have to take Teku with us in life as well. And Teku, literally, let it stand. Let it stand. Let us wait for Mashiach to come in order for us to better understand it. Okay. Now let's get into one of the psukim in our discussion of Paraduma. Paragutes, Pasik Yud Dalit. The Torah tells us, Zos Torah Adam Ki Amuspa Ohel. This is the law. Anything in the tenth. This is the source for Tumas Oel. A maze can be mitami, uh, another person in three ways. Maga, Masa, and Oel. Touching, carrying, or Oel. But there is a famous drusha on the first phrase in this passage. Zosa Torah, Adam, Kiyamus, Ba'ohel. As the Rambam writes in Hilchus Talmud Torah, Ain Adam, person is not Kona Torah unless they're Mamis Atzmo Alehem. There is a connection between Talmud Torah and Tumas Ohel. Right? That's the Chazal on this passage. The question that bothers, bothers some of the Mepharshim, and we're going to see two ideas about it, is, is there a deeper idea between Tumas Ohel and Talmud Torah? You know, they're both, you learn it out. The Pasuk about Tumas Oel teaches me how, how much we have to push ourselves in Talmud Torah. Gemara, the Chavetz Chaim quotes it at the beginning of source number 7. Uba Chazal Bracha Sama Gimel. Ein divrei Torah miskaimin ala b'mishim meimis atzmo alayhen. Divrei Torah only lasts with the person who kills himself for it. Ubemis Tamua. Halok Farnemar v'chai b'yem v'loshiyamas What does it mean kill yourself for Torah? And what is the connection between Tumas Meis and Tumas Ohel and... 
and Talmud Torah. So we have one idea of the Chavetz Chaim which focuses more on the and then we have two thoughts from Rav Schwab, who focuses on the same. They both talk about the same Chazal, but Rav Schwab focuses more on the connection, the parallel between Tomas Owel and Talmud Torah. First, the Chavetz Chaim. Chavetz Chaim tells us a somewhat, somewhat of a morbid thought, but it, it gets the point across, and and he writes it so so we learn it. Venevaer devarenu alpi mashal. He gives a mashal. you know I may love konim. A great merchant who has a lot of customers. He has a store. They come from all over. Lo rak They all come to his store. And he's busy day and night with his store. He didn't have time to go to Minyan. He didn't have time to sit in, to, to be kovea eat. He didn't have time for anything. He was busy, 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 busy with his store. One time, he was sitting on the couch, he was reading his daughter a book, and all of a sudden his daughter says, Abba, I see some white hairs in there. Or, she says, I can't see any more brown hairs in there. Whatever stage of life we might be at. But all of a sudden, he feels something. And he says, what am I doing? And where am I headed? And am I pushing myself a little too much? She starts to feel. And, you know, to realize. Omed. I have to get some Seidel Adarach. I have to pack up my bags. We all make sure we pack, have enough snacks when we go on a trip. This man says, I'm going on a trip soon. I bet I better pack some bags. And I know what kind of what kind of food. What do I need to pack the bags? His He starts taking it a little easier. He starts focusing more on spiritual matters. He starts making sure to dava with a minion. The Akharat Lomad and after Dava he stays for two hours to learn before he goes to the store. Yes, there are others. Okay. So my, my workers will do it. I'll lose a few customers, but this is what I need to do. And when he goes to the Beis he's there, he goes back, and his wife says, where have you been? He says, I was, I was taking care of things. I was taking care of things. Happens on a second day, and a third day, and finally the wife doesn't understand what's going on. Why well, he comes back from, he comes back from outside so late every day. He continues, what's happening here? She goes and she finds him. She finds him learning, and she says, what are you doing? You have a business to run. Obviously, it's not talking about a case where he's just making ends meet. But he's gone beyond that. She says, what's going on? You have to get to the store. Anabaila Her husband answers, Shimi tamasi. Mahayita ose. Let me ask you. You say, oh, can't wait, it can't wait. It's busy, busy. There's no excuses. What happens if the Malachamavas came and said, it's time. It's time. No, no, my husband can't come now. He's busy. He can't say that when the time comes. The store is full of, full of, full of customers. Pretend that I'm not here. The store would go on. Right now, I can't come. Tumas Mace and Talmud Torah. 
Says the Chafetz Chaim, when we're learning, there's nothing else in the world. Regarding everything else in the world, Tomas Mace. I'm not here. Everything else could get by without me. I'm not so important that oh, I, I, I can't. It used to be that when we davened, there was no way of getting to us. Bismana said there are ways of getting to us. But there's also ways for us to control certain things. You know, why is it that, like, when we're in shul, you know, the most we can ask is to turn the phone to vibrate. How about off? No, 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 off. Off? Me? Off? The phone off? But why not? That's the way it was even 10 years ago. What What if there was a knocking at the door now? It could survive for another half an hour. 10 minutes while I dive in my riff. Maybe we can all take that upon ourselves. Off and not just vibrate. We have to run out and die. Everything could last. The world survived before we were available in davening and the world could survive afterwards. I just was reading a different statement of the Chavetz Chaim this afternoon. He writes in Taras Habayis. He says, interesting, he says, I don't understand, but once in a while, you know, let's say, something occurs and we have to miss it, we have to catch a plane for a business trip, so we miss Minyan. Once in a while, our Tzorche HaGuf overcome our Tzorche HaNefesh. And we have to, you know, we have to push a little bit more on the Tzorche HaGuf on in a temporary way. Does it ever happen the opposite? I get so caught up in a tosis. I, I, I like lose myself and my tzorchi anefesh. I forget to eat lunch. I forget something. I'm involved. Says, says the Chavis Chaim. You know, we have to maybe condition ourselves. Our tzorchi aguf sometimes overcome our tzorchi anefesh. Maybe we can do the opposite too. At least once in a while. Zosa Torah, Adam Kiyamas Ba'owel. Says the Chavis Chaim. When we're involved in something ruchani, in tefillah, in Torah, everything else in life has to have the Ask the, the hashkafa up, I'm not here. I'm not here, I'm involved in Talmud Torah, and therefore everything else does not exist. Rav Schwab deals with a more direct, the connection, line 4, Lohavin HaShaychus, shall divrei Torah in Tumas Oel. What does Talmud Torah have to do with Tumas Oel? He says on a more positive note. It's all positive, but uh, a less morbid thinking note. Yesh Lomar. She'inyan Tomas Oel who? What is Tomas Oel? There is a dead body in a house under a roof and all of a sudden spreads. The Tomas spreads. Why does the Tomas spread? The Tomas in his body. What spreads? What's spreading? Inyan Tomas Oel who? Kshekshahadam chai oz nafsho mitzumtsemes betoch gufo. When a person is alive, his neshama is inside of him. It's not physical, but it's in, within. When a person passes to the next stage of existence, the body does not contain the neshama anymore. And the soul expands. Hashem stuffs the neshama into the guf, but once the guf isn't a guf anymore, because it's just a... No flesh and bones, the nefesh is not held back anymore by the guf. So it spreads. If there's a tent, the nefesh spreads throughout the tent. Tumas Oel is about overflowing. Tumas Oel is about spreading. That's Talmud Torah. Talmud Torah cannot be contained. Tamatur should be if we hear something, we have to we have to share it, we have to spread it. As Chazal say, more than comparing a Rebbe to a cow. 
so to speak, more than the calves want to nurse, the cow wants to give the milk. More than the mother, the baby wants to nurse, the mother wants to give. The Chena Dover B'divrei Torah says of Shwab, he need Teva HaTorah Lehis Pashet. Torah spreads. As it says, Hashem Chafetz Laman said, go Yagdil Torah. The Yadir. It spreads. V'tzorach L'lamed L'talmidim. V'chachmas B'chutz Tarona. Outside. V'ma'adam Etzamtim Torah S'lanasu. If I keep Torah to myself, U'machzat Tivus L'lanafshei. Azlo Tuchal L'hizkayim B'yado. If I keep Torah to myself, it's not gonna, it's not gonna stay with me. If I'm only for myself. It's the opposite. Torah is about spreading. Some of the Rishonim even use the, the sharp Lashon of somebody who learns Torah and has the chance to spread and share and doesn't. It's like Navi Shekovish Nevoaso. Kodesh Baruch Hu gives a Nevoah to a Navi to give over. The word Navi is from the word Niv. Niv Svatayim, expression of my lips. That's what the word Navi is. the opposite of not Ksuvim. Ksuvim is a thing written. Nevoah is about a Navi. So it's an, it's also for a Navi not to say something. Same thing with Torah. But, if I kill myself, meaning I spread it, I'm not focusing on myself, so then, Torah omedes betiva shalos pashtus, Tumas ohel and Talmud Torah, both about spreading, both about not being able to be, to be held, held um, in their container. Rav Schwab also has a second smaller thought in source number nine. Source number nine says, Rav Schwab, in Pirkei Avos, in the last parak, which is the Brisa connected to Pirkei Avos, we know we have the Memches Dvarim Shatara Nicknames Bohem, the 48 items on the list, 48 Drachim, how we could be Konet Torah. And there are different versions, different Gerso, says Rav Schwab, about the last ones on the list. The last two that we have, says Rav Schwab, are really one. Because if you do the math, it's 49. It should be 48. What are the last two? Machavein es shmuaso, line four. If somebody is machavein his shmua. What does that mean, machavein his shmua? If I'm machavein to somebody else. I'm machavein, machavein et shmuaso. And also, vihaomer davar v'shem amra. If I say something in the name of the other person. Right? Omer davar v'shem amra, maybe gulula olam. Says Rishwab, really both of these are the same. means, I come up with a Chiddush, and then I realize something, somebody great said this Chiddush. I found it in a Rashba. I found it in a, another source. And yet, I'm a Chavit Shmuaso, but I say it, Omer Dabar B'Shim Amro, but I quote the other person. I don't take credit for myself. So he says, that's, he says they, they go together, those two. Even though I'm a chavin, I'm Omer Dabar B'Shem Amro. What does it have to do with us? Says Rav Schwab, if I am mamis atzmi, I'll divrei Torah. If I kill myself on divrei Torah, I leave myself out. I give somebody else the credit. So that's Machavish Also, that's maybe Geula Olam. That's Tomas Mace. I kill myself and I take myself out of the picture and I give somebody else the credit. So that's Talmud Torah connected to Tomas Ohel. Okay, moving right along. One other thought related to Paraduma and Tomas Ohel. It's a halachic thought, but it is. It comes up. Tomas Owel and Tomas Mace is in this parsha. This is the parsha to talk about it. There is a halach in Shulchan Aruch. We shouldn't know of it. Lo Aleinu. And 
should just make this a halacha in theory and in the base madrash and not lamaisa. But there is a halacha quoted in Shulchan Aruch that if somebody is niftar, then all the water that is in the house needs to be spilled out. So the Shulchan Aruch says, Shulchan Aruch and Yaradeya, it's quoted at the beginning of source number 10, Minhag lishpoch kol hamayim she'uvim she'bishchunas hames. It says shchunah, it says neighborhood. But we'll see how, how far that means. But that's the Shulchan Aruch. What, what are the reasons for this? Are there reasons for this? A lot. We don't have reasons for it. It's related to uh, Paraduma. But there are reasons given in the, in the Nosek Kale. And the Shachal and Taz quote two different reasons for pouring out this water. And why are we doing this? Because there's going to be a hint, a remez to this halacha in our Pasuk. In our Pasuk. Says the Shachal and the Taz two reasons. Reason number one, why do we pour out the water? Number one, Ha'echad, line three, Shemalach Hamaves, Mapil Bimayim, Tipas Dam Hamaves. The Malach Hamaves drips some blood drops into any liquid, into the, into the water. That's what the Tashbait says. Tashbait's even the one of the Rishon quotes a story that somebody drank from water that was in a house and he, he met his demise very shortly afterwards. But one reason is that some drops are, are, um, are dripped in. And the other reason given is as the Gemara says, we're not supposed to give bad news explicitly. The Gemara says sometimes when one of the Amoraim died, they used to tear Kriya and turn their shirt around. So it wouldn't be explicit, but they would know something's going on and something's wrong, and in that way they would figure out that one of the Amoraim had died, so it's not Motsi Diba. So those are the two, two reasons given for this. A hint to this minog of Kaiso again, it's a Kabbalistic minog. Hint to this minog is right here. Miriam Hanavia dies in this week's parsha, the first of the three. As you know, just I didn't mention it again, but in the middle of Chukas, we there are thirty-eight years that that pass by. We don't even realize it. From the last thought I said from Parshas on the on Paraduma on Adam Kiyomas Ba'ol to this one of Miriam dying, thirty-eight years have just passed in the Parsha Shir within those last thirty seconds. But now we're at the fortieth year. Miriam has just died. What is the pasuk Shev? Vatamasham Miriam Vatikaversham Vlohayashamayim Loeda. Miriam dies. No more water. No more water. I'm Remez. Not Mafurish, obviously. A Remez to the Minog of pouring out the waters. This is said by the Abu Drahim, one of the great Rishonim. This, this Remez. So even I gave you the rest in the, the rest of the Kamoti Shalarav. He discusses halachically different, uh, how far this Minog goes. What about May Soda? Does that mean seltzer? Does that mean other liquid? Pasha, does it mean seltzer? So, does, is that, does that have to be, uh, thrown out. Like all the water, even the seltzer. So he discusses if the, if the issue is piersum, so then maybe not, because you already mafarsame by pouring out the water. People see, oh, you're pouring out water, something happened. Mashenkin, if it's an issue of the tipos of the, of dams, then it could be maybe any liquid. Any, uh, any mine. And he discusses others. Uh, just one final point related to this. Feel free to read this yourself. He discusses why, why water is picked to give the message, but even quotes that he thinks that the Pasik is alluding to one one of the two reasons, not even just the Minog, one of the two reasons, in that there was no Malach by Miriam. You want to say the Minog, there was, there was Misa Beneshika. So there was no Malach 
So the fact that this remez is given by Miriam maybe points to the other um, reason given for the minhag, and that is not just not to give motzi diba, not to say the bad news explicitly. Okay, that's just one of the halachic issues pointed up. But continuing with Miriam, fascinating question that should be asked by more mafarshim. Maybe we just haven't looked hard enough. But ask the Hegyona Shel Torah, Reb Fierer. And of course, Miriam dies. Why wasn't Miriam Zochet to go into Eretz Yisrael? She didn't hit the rock. She didn't get angry. Right? Maybe didn't even happen yet. Right? So why wasn't Miriam Zochet? Was it just a team effort? If two out of three are gone, so you know what? Miriam is not going in either. And Hashem knew that in the future, so... Why? Why was it Miriam? There's nothing, there's nothing in the Torah. There's nothing in the Torah Shebuchsav that, that she did anything wrong that she was not zochet to go in. Miriam lo mesa b'chet ha-maraglim. Ki al-anashem lo nizok z'yeras ha-maraglim. First of all, she was a woman. So, she didn't take part in the maraglim. They were machabevos es ha-aretz. Ha-anashem ha-yu, ha-yu omen. The men said, and the women said, no, we have to go back. And that's the connection to Benos Slavchad. So, number one, Miriam didn't take place, didn't take part in the chayt of the Miraglim. Next paragraph. In Moshe, the Aram lozachu likanis la-aretz, Omer HaKasav, Lama lozachu, the Torah says five times, every time it mentions that Moshe and Aram weren't going in, it says the reason. They weren't mekadesh my name. What exactly was the chait? Okay, we discussed that in the past. The Ramban gives four, three different pshatim, the anger, the hitting, whatever the pshat is. But Miriam didn't take part in that. And Miriam was on the same level. The Gemara says the tiniest of testament. Miriam, they all, right, the Be'er, the Mon, the Ananiah Kavid. So why is it? So one might suggest, it, well, maybe it was just her time had come. V'yim Tomar. Higi has not a Shomirim Lamus. Oh, it was time. Malachamavis. Oh, said Shalobis Mano. It was her time. Lo. There's no Malachamavis in this picture, as we just said. Ain't the Malachamavis Shlita Miriam. Gambadavar Zehisha Lamosha Laaron. As the Gemara says in Moabasra, Shisha Loshalat Bahen Malachamavis. There were six people that the Malachamavis did not take. Avra, Mislagaka, Moshe Aaron, Miriam. So Miriam's on that special list. So why did Miriam, did Hashgacha have it that she wasn't allowed to go into Eretz Yisrael? Says the Hegyona Shel Torah. Elo Yeshlom, my line 25, Shemiriam Mesa, Bamidbar, Litovasam Shel Yisrael. Miriam needed to die before they went in. Miriam couldn't go into Eretz Yisrael because of something that we discussed two weeks ago in Parsha Shlach. But again, it's a Yesod Gadol in terms of the type of existence that Bnei Yisrael had in the Midbar and the type of existence they were going to have in Eretz Yisrael. And lest we think that Miriam was upset, I'll do anything, says Miriam. Just like Moshe and Aaron. Let's think about it. If Miriam would have gone in, Moshe and Aaron had died already, what would have been her position? She would have been the leader. She would have been the Shofetes. She would have been the leader. She's Miriam. She would have been Miriam and Aviyah. Just like Devorah, right, led Kla Yisrael later. So Miriam would have been that leader. 
Miriam, she shoveled Moshe, Baharbi Dvarm. Obviously, she wasn't on the level of Moshe, but neither was Aaron. But she was on, comparable in certain areas. She would have been the leader. Yoshua Benun would have been secondary. It would have been similar to a Barak and Dvora combination. It would have been Miriam's the main woman, the main protagonist, and Yeshua would have been with. Right, he was a, a tremendous enough. Miriam would have taken center stage. Why was that not appropriate? Ask the Genesha Torah another amazing Ha'ara. Think to the Barak and Devorah story in the beginning of Shoftim. It's interesting. A number of Shvatim didn't come to help out. Shiraz Devorah, she faults a number of Shvatim. She praises some, and she faults some for not coming to help fight the war. Why did they come? Why didn't they come? Says the Hagyon Torah, you know why? Because this was still early in the time period of Klai Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael. Some Shvatim still felt HaKadosh Baruch was going to fight for us. Aren't we the nation of the miraculous? Didn't we go through Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and the Makis and the Mon and the... Yes, it, the Mon stopped falling and there's a Mon and the Akav, but this is a war. Shem's going to fight for us. That's why some didn't come. But that's not the way it's, it was meant to be. Kla Yisrael coming into Eretz Yisrael, it's time for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hashgacha within Teva. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hashgacha behind the scenes. Miriam was a leader of the Jewish people during a time of the miraculous. And that's why she couldn't go in. What about Moshe and Mary? You're going to ask Moshe and Aaron, oh, if they wouldn't have sinned, what would have happened? Okay, but Hashgacha, they, they did sin. Can't ask what would have happened. Okay, they did. But Miriam was the one that didn't, but she still couldn't. All of Kla Yisrael would have been misled and misunderstood the type of existence that was demanded of them had Miriam led them in. You see, half of them already did it anyway. Not only would Yeshua's covet be Nifka, that's not the point. All of Kla Yisrael's Hashkafa would have been messed, messed, uh, messed up and incorrect. Because going in, there was miracles. The Yardane split going in. But after this, there were some miracles. There was the Shemesh Begivon Dome. But they, they had a fight. They had a fight. And therefore, if they would have seen Miriam go in, a female as the leader, Dvor as the leader, oh, miraculous. They're not supposed to be the generals. That's not natural. It must be there's, there's miracles that are going to keep coming. Miriam had to, was not Zoha. Line 10 on the next column. They was Zoha to a proper understanding of the present existence. Through her death, as they did, learn so much from her through her life. So, Miriam, for no fault of her own, but just for the goodness of Klal Yisrael, she had to be taken before, before Knesset Eretz Yisrael. Okay, two more thoughts. First, our enemies know exactly how to get us. They know our weaknesses and they know our strengths. And there are two Rashis 
in our parsha that reflect this and that teach us what we have to do and where we have to strengthen ourselves and in that way we could be we won't be vulnerable against the enemy first rashi as we know perech of aleph pasik aleph miriam has died and then what happens the Kanani Melech Arad hears that Bnei Yisrael are coming and he goes to fight them. He hears that they're coming? Usually most of the nations were scared of us. What do you mean he heard that they were coming? Vayishma Kanani says Rashi, quoting Chazal, he must have heard something else. Shama Shemes Aharon Vinistalku Anane HaKavid he heard that Aaron died. Aaron died? It's time to attack. Ask for Mordechai Eliyahu. Why? What? Bishchus Aaron? He still had Moshe. He still had Moshe. No, no. They know exactly who Aaron was. Aaron was the glue. Aaron was the ma'achid. Aaron brought Shalom to Klai Yisrael. As we know, Kolbeis Yisrael, men, women, and children, all cried when Aaron died. Because he brought Shalom amongst them. Oh, he wants to he wants to make up with you. He wants to make up with you. Oh, Eve Shalom, Erod Eve Shalom. They hear there's no more Aaron. That means no more Shalom. That means no more Achtus. It's time to fight. When we are B'Shalom, when the Jews are all K'ishachad B'Levechad, then nobody could touch us. We're unstoppable. Aleinu l'mo mikan, says our Mordechai Elio, in source 12. Ar kama chashuva ha'achdus. V'kama yesh levroach mechal machlokes. How much we have to run away from machlokes. Kach nuchal yos muftachim she'amalek lo yuchal yilachim banu. You want to know how to fight? Not just to get the best weapons and to do this and to do that. But to have shalom. Something that has, that has been out of our grasp for thousands of years. But that's what we have to do. We want protection against our enemies. We have to have shalom, number one. Number two, the second secret that the Umos Ha'olam know how to get to us. Also, next Pasik. Pasik Bey's there. Vayider Yisrael neder l'ashem ayom abrei Yisrael after the Kanani Melacharad comes to fight us. They say, If you give us this nation, then, you know, we, we'll, we'll do everything for you. Chazal again pick up on. Pasuk Aleph says, Kenani Melech Harad, Yosheva Negev is coming. But Israel says, help us with this nation. What do you mean this nation? Melech Harad, we know exactly what nation. This nation. Says Rashi, there's something else that is being hinted to. Yoshev HaNegev. The Pasuk says, it's Kenani Melech Harad, Yosheva Negev. Who's Yoshev HaNegev? There's another nation that's known as the Yoshev HaNegev. Ze'amalek. You know what happened here? The Amalekim came and they spoke Kenanite. They spoke Balashi Kenan. Why? So that the Jews would daven with the wrong Kavana. Yeah, let's talk Canaanites. They'll daven that the that the the Canaanim are given into their hands, and they won't realize that we're Amalekites. The Haim Enam Canaanim, Bnei Yisrael saw them and they said, "I don't understand. They look like Amalek." Vilashon Amalshe Canaan. 
Right? Hakol kol Yaakov ha-yadayim yidei Esav. It's right here. Levusheyen ke levushe amalek v'lishonam lashen kenan. Amru, they said, nispalostam. We'll just say, this nation, whoever it is. Shenemar, mnason titin, sa'amazeh biyadi. What did the nations know? They knew you mess up tefillah. So then, that's also takes away their weapon. Shalom is number one. Tefillah is number two. Says the Elenel Shabayach, Rav Zilberstein. You see from here, first of all, how tefillah is powerful only when there's proper kavana. And we say it meticulously. As the Shulchan Aruch says, Pesukah de Zimra should be like counting money. When we count our money, we're very careful to know exactly how much we have. So he says, We realize how much we have to be medayik. And everybody knows this. These are two of our weapons. Shalom and tefillah. He says, even saying proper proper uh, pronunciation. If there's a tseireh, if there's a shva, there's a... Everything. Tefillah is most powerful and most influential in the heavens when we take it seriously and focus and do everything we can on it. They know these weapons. We have to use these weapons. Shalom and tefillah. And finally, just to finish off, in the end of the parsha, Perachavala Pasik Zion, when we have Pasik Chav Zion, all the way at the end of the parsha, Says the Torah, B'nai Yisrael conquer certain cities, and Kichesbon ir Sichon Melacha Emori he v'hunilcham b'Melach Moav Harishon v'ikas Kol Artzobi Adod are known. And B'nai Yisrael used to sing Yomru Hamoshlem Bo Cheshbon Tibanevesi Konein ir Sichon Bo Cheshbon. We got Cheshbon. One of the cities they conquered was Cheshbon. The Bali Musar and Chazal starts with the Chazal. Bo Cheshbon, take a Cheshbon. They learn out from this, and I think we've quoted this in the past, other sources that relate to this. We always have to take a Cheshbon. Cheshbon Hanefesh. Throughout our life, we have to find time to think. We have to find time to focus. We have to find time to see in what areas, to think in what areas we can improve on. That same piece in the Elenel Shabbat, the next page. He quotes on this passage, Bo Cheshbon. He says there was a story that there was one Avrech, there was one young man that came into the base Medrash every day and he was, he was always on fire. He was always on fire. He was always jumping. He was always, he was always excited. And nobody could figure him out every single day. And they once asked him, he says, what's your secret? You take a shower in the morning. What's your secret? He says, only patent. He says, I don't have a secret. He says, but right before I leave my house every morning, I read the Hakdama to the Masul Shisharim. I just read Chovas Ha'adam Bo'olamo. I read that before I leave, and then I leave. He was a man who was Bo'ocheshbon. He was a man who set aside time. Every day, every week, every whenever it is, some Kavua time for Limud Musr, Limud Machshava, some time to work on who I am and not just what I do. We all know we have to set aside time for learning, Kavati Yitzhama Torah, but we all have to figure out time. And maybe now we have to start, because in two months from now, Elul Tishrei, we have to be running already. Bo'u Cheshbon, let's all think about areas in life, or even before areas, think about time, whether it's two minutes a day, two minutes a day, five minutes a day, Let's all do it together. Bo cheshbon and b'schus that will be zochet too. Tibonevesi konein 
not only your Sichon, but Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh. Okay, we'll stop here. But the Shir, hopefully in the general, will be Tuesday nights, but just this week, it was on Wednesday.